You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Good morning, WA. This is the World Football Programme. My name is Sean Kelly. I am with you for the next two hours. A very big thank you to Frank and Jerry and their wonderful Celtics rambling programme. Um, unfortunately, that's the, the last one that they're going to do. A very hard act to follow those two young men. Um, been a pleasure making their acquaintance and uh, they'll be sorely missed by, by the radio station and by the listeners out there. But on to today's show... Um, We've got a, a lot going on today. We've got um, a big show on and we're out with the old in with the new. I've got a new person joining me at the desk as a wing person in Ben Kelly, who is a um, social league player with Swan. Just trying to go away from celebrity status and go for the, the common man. So good morning, Ben. Good morning, Sean. Come close to the mic, Ben. That's your first time. but oh, That's good. Yeah. Nah, it's good to be on, and uh, thanks for everyone for listening. A little bit nervous for the start. Yeah, yeah, but, that's um, a bit okay. of nerves. Pre-match nerves is always a good thing, as you well know. Yeah, it is. Look, yeah. I'd, I'd like to be known as a celebrity, though, so don't take that <laughs> away from me. <laughs> yeah, you're a celebrity in your own mind. Um, okay, at 12 o'clock, uh, we'll be out of here, and Lenny will be in with the jazz show. Um, on the show today, we're going to start off with a slight change from the uh, run list that we had this morning, but uh, we're going to be talking to Alex Novatsis, who is over in New Zealand. He is the liaison person for the US national women's team, so we'll be talking to him about them settling in and his role, and for someone that lives and breathes football, what a job. Um, then we're going to follow up with Ben Smith, um, a journalist with WA Newspapers, who is doing his very best to promote the game. And we'll be talking to him about the EPL transfers and a few other things, if I know 
how my conversations with Ben go. And then we're going to have um, our studio guest, Ben Kelly, with a new segment, which is Pick That Out of the Net. And he's going to be talking about the stuff that he looks through, football-related, on the internet. And we're picking out some of the, the things that uh, happened over the last week or two that uh, piqued his interest. And I'll talk about some of the, the pages that I watch and observe. And then we're going to finish up with Hayley Roach, who is the lost lioness. She'll be getting very, very excited as the lionesses touched down in the Central Coast yesterday. So um, real, really coming together now. Less than two weeks till the first game is kicked in anger in the World Cup. Um, yeah, it really is starting to feel the buzz. And we had... Um, in breaking news, we had the... Well, not breaking news, but we had the Women's World Cup trophy in Forest Chase yesterday. Um, not a huge crowd, but it's here. That's the start of the, the Cup, Ben. Yes, it is, and I think we're two weeks away, and I think everyone's looking forward to uh, a World Cup to be in Australia. Yeah, absolutely. No, look, I can't wait. Um, Australians going overseas. I've noticed that uh, Tom Glover and Sam Silvera have gone to Middlesbrough. Yes, they have, and there's a young fellow that's gone from the glory to Fulham as well for an undisclosed fee. Yes. Um, so Donald, is it? Donald, yes. Yeah, yeah Donald, Donald, yes, Donald, like that. that's right. Is it O'Donnell? No, it's Donald. Um, yes, he has, he's gone. Uh, and good luck to the young man, you know. Um, been some some things going on about the... Uh, whether we'll have a team to face West Ham in a week or so. But well, they've got plenty of youth players. They have. They? Yeah, no, look, it'll be, it'll be fine. It'll be good um, for them. In sad news, the Millwall owner, John Berylson, and by all accounts, um, one of the best club owners in, in England, if not the, the world, um, he died in a car crash in America. That means What well, that means for Millwall, I don't know. but um, Does he have a successor or someone to take over? No one expects to die in a car crash, do they? That's the thing. So oh, we had the same with the with the Leicester owner as well, and his son's taken over. And yeah, look, I, I don't know what it means for them. I I hope all is well with them. So we we'll, we shall see. Um, and to finish off, I see that the First Nations, um, the Aboriginal flag, the Torres Strait Islander flag, and the Maori flag are all being flown at World Cup venues. Yes, it's good to see. And I think there should be more of it across the whole competition, really. Yeah, look, and I think for a lot of our um, players, and and not just the Indigenous players, um, it will mean a bit for the Australians. I know that um, Sam Kerr, one of her idols is Cathy Freeman, and the visions of her draped in that um, Aboriginal flag after she's won the 400 metres in Sydney. So it's iconic. Good it is iconic, and I think it's a massive step forward for the country, um, and I think, you know, brilliant. And one more sad bit of, uh, bit of news I read this morning, Edwin van der Sar, former Manchester United goalkeeper, yes. rushed to hospital. He's had a bleed on the brain, so oh, um, thoughts and prayers out to Edwin van der Sar. Mm. All right, we're going to go to a break very shortly, and we'll be back with Alex Novatsis, who is in New Zealand um, as the liaison person for the um, Women's World Cup for the American team, uh, the, the Cup favourites. And uh, we'll be back in a moment with Alex. Oh, don't relax. I want elbows and backs. I want to see everybody from behind. Oswest Fencing and Raw is a fourth-generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates 
offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Time. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. These players want more. They want to step off that field and win me. Builders now get to measure themselves against world's footballing elite. Till we outrun them. Keep it going, we're not done till it's done, all the way through. Till the pain pays off. Till we make you roar. Till we tell a bigger story. Till we settle the score. You don't mess with it. Till we stop them all. You can't beat the best. Till we do you proud. We're not like the rest. We're not done. Till it's done. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. I actually like that Till It's Done um, promo there for the Matildas. That's, I wasn't even listening to it. Oh, you should have been. No, I'll put it on again. It's, uh, it's a good one. All right, joining us on the line now is Alex Novatsis, uh, who is out there in New Zealand with the US national team. Good morning, Alex. How are you? Yeah, morning, Sean. Morning, Ben. How are you? Good, mate. Good. Um, for someone who lives, eats and breathes football, um, what a gig. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's um, it, it sort of uh, hit me by surprise, to be fair. Um, been contacted by FIFA um, to see if I was interested in being a team liaison off uh, manager for, for one of the sides. Um, little did I know until October that it was going to be the US of us. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good gig. It's a busy gig. Literally um, help them just empty truckloads of uh, all their apparel and equipment and so forth. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely worthwhile the work that I've put in over, which I've just recently counted 40 years of continual football service um, from playing, refereeing, administration to, to where I am now. So what what does the job entail? Um, you, the, the gopher, you're, you're arranging vehicles and transport training, all that sort of stuff? or Yeah, exactly that. Well, it's basically being the, the conduit between FIFA and, um, and the team itself. So... Um, the team manager will, will want to have specific, or the team coach, team manager, um, would want specific things to happen day to day. And um, it's just to ensure that, you know, transport's organised, um, the ground is ready, um, dealing with the, the training site manager to make sure that, you know, when they arrive, the pitch has been, been watered and fixed or whatever their requirements are, through to make, you know, that they're happy with their meals and, and if there's an issue to deal with the hotel itself as well. So, yeah, it's it sort of anything and everything at the moment and uh, lucky enough I'll be um, same hotel as, as some of the best players in the world. Yeah, and do you, do you have much contact with the, the players or is yours mainly with the administrators? Uh, it'll be a bit of both. But the, the, um, the team itself isn't here. It's only their advanced party are here at the moment. But, yeah, I'll, I mean, end of the day, I'll be travelling with the team irrespective of where they go from players, coaches, uh, dietitians, sports scientists, um, I think in total they've got approximately, you know, nearly 
70 people travelling um, as a as a uh, side with coaches and players. So it's um, yeah, dealing with anyone, everyone. But yeah, obviously my main uh, contact would be the the head coach and so it's the team manager as well. Yeah. Um, so in terms of you know what that gives you, I mean, obviously contact with a, a highly professional unit and the just the professionalism around the preparation of players, the preparation of the backroom team. Um, is there any things you're seeing already that um, you've thought, wow, I've, I've not seen that before? Yeah, probably one thing that I haven't seen before is a basically a chiro uh, machine, which basically is... A, a cold room where they'll go stand in and it gives them that advantage of recovery which this thing was just a, a massive thing. Um, there's a lot of a lot of sports science that's going into to the team and, and I think a lot of countries are, are, are basically catching up to where the United States are anyway but also, you know, prior to that all the uh, operational um, set up and making sure everything is ready to go for their team arrival on, on Tuesday into New Zealand. Um, you know, there's, there's so much work and and everything that needs to go into it to, to pre-planning all the way to, to August, um, where, you know, you have to make sure, you know, you've got ground booked, you know, vehicles booked um, to, you know, people happy with where, where they're staying as well. So, yeah, that operational side of thing is, is definitely something that, um, that that I can use, you know, seeing how they do it and, and basically using that to, to ensure that what I do is, is at the same sort of degree or, or moving towards that degree in organisation. Absolutely. I suppose now the, the the hotel's been advertised all over the place. About, um, in all media, all the team's hotels have been um, advertised. So in terms of security and um, media access, paparazzi, yeah, seeing any of that happening? No, not as yet. Um, not as yet. Obviously, the team aren't in until Tuesday. Um, that will change. Uh, the team itself have media days uh, where media are, you know, can uh, you know, come in and, and obviously go through all of that process, and, and then also the open day for training as well, where you know media are invited to to watch the first 15, 20 minutes of training. Um, so yeah, not as as I said, not as yet. The team will arrive Tuesday, and that's where I think it will be all steam ahead. At, at the moment, there's only about six or seven staff here, with with everyone else coming in on on the same flights uh, following their match against Wales uh, on the 9th of, of July. Yeah, I mean, you look at it. It's only, it's only twelve days, four hours, and forty-five minutes till the kickoff. So, um, uh, yeah, crazy. it is crazy. And we've been talking about this for years now, and and all of a sudden, it's becoming also real. Um, in Perth, we had the Women's World Cup trophy on display. I think it's down in Bustleton today. So, you know, things are starting to ramp up. What's the atmosphere like over in the Gold Coast over there? Oh, no, sorry, Central Coast over. Oh, no, not Central Coast, are you? New Zealand. Auckland, yeah. Auckland, yeah. Um, what's the buzz yeah, like in New Zealand? Yeah, really good. I mean, at the moment, I mean, coming through the airport where you see FIFA signage everywhere, um, staff at the airport, um, there's staff at the airport 24-7 now that are FIFA staff, um, yeah. basically waiting for teams to arrive. You're seeing teams arrive. You see um, buses and all sorts um, basically covered with FIFA insignia, um, you know, promoting the World Cup itself and, yeah, it, it, and even just walking down the street, if I had my FIFA jacket on, people asking when are the games on and um, always asking and wanting to know um, what's happening. So, yeah, it's definitely the, the, the change from when I was here in October last year for the for the draw to what it is now, um, massive difference and, and definitely um, an exciting part, uh, especially now that I can... It's actually 
real and, and basically can and I'm working with the US management team now you can see the, the excitement and, and for me particularly just to know that the, the games aren't that far away and you know, it started for me already, but um, yeah. yeah, once I see their first training session and seeing the players in the park, that's when I think it will really hit home. Oh, absolutely! And you, you've been out and had a look at the training ground, and um, I don't immaculate, know about yeah, yeah, immaculate, immaculate though, as yeah. they all are. I mean, I, I know Kingsway Olympic over here, and and Sorrento have been doing a, a lot of work on theirs, um, and I saw a different game completely. But um, Sterling's grounds looking magnificent for for West Ham's training venue. So you imagine there's there's been a lot of preparation, um, both with the gra- the grass, but also with the facilities. Yeah, yeah, and, and I must admit, um, the US have obviously um, that down at Bay City, um, which is an equivalent to a to an MPL club uh, in Perth, and and having been to the venue and about to head off there now um, to just make sure that everything's good to go. Um, grass is, is basically like carpet; it's, it's just incredible, and, and you see it. And, you know they've got a, a manager that's based there, which similar to Kingsway Reserve and First and Royal will have. Yeah, but it's definitely um, it, it's definitely a, you know this is what happens worldwide, and this is what we need to try and achieve in the game is where you know we do have the best surfaces for players to play on. I mean, going back 25 years when I was playing, the surfaces you'd be happy to play on on sand and mud, but you know when we can see what what is. Uh, able to be done, it'll be great to be able to have our kids and, and kids in the future to be able to play on, you know, pristine condition pitches and, and basically, you know, for me personally, it's give them no excuse for performances because, yeah. you know, you, you, we want to spoil them uh, like we do all our kids and why not spoil them on the park? Oh, no, look, I think it's an important thing. I know I came over here in 88 from the UK, um, the level I played at, we were lucky if we had grass on the pitch. Um, our home, our home venue was known as Pork Chop Hill. It wasn't even level. Um, and then you come out here, um, even back in '88, the grounds were always flat, always had grass on them. So, in some degree, although we don't think we're spoilt, we are. Um, and the availability of grounds was, I thought, pretty good. But over the years, we, we've expected more, and I don't think that's wrong. Um, what, no, what's the state of the, the grounds and, and that in, in New Zealand, I suppose, because their major game being rugby, um, there would be a yep. lot of rectangular stadiums? I, I think I think in terms of your regular rounds, not, not World Cup training uh, sites, um, I think well in, we are well in front of where they are at. Yep. Um, a lot of the facilities, you're right, it's not, you know, but similar to, to WA and similar to, to Victoria, football isn't the number one sport in terms of what's viewed. Um, and, and when you look at government uh, funding, it's not the number one uh, sport that gets funded. You, you look at uh, AFL, uh, some of their grounds, and this is where we need to continue to promote our game and get more people following, more people playing. So we have got a story to go to the local council saying we need better lights so we can have longer training sessions. We need better facilities or synthetic surfaces so we can have matches played at all times of the year. Um, so I, I don't see why we can't all work together um, in, in trying to achieve that. Um, yeah. But for me, it, it, it's all about working together. That's the big, the big key here. And this is where the World Cup itself, it, it's amazing how everyone seems to come together for the World Games. This is what we need to do at our local level, not when the World Cup's on. But I remember, but when, I remember when we hosted the AFC uh, Championships for women 
and we thought this is a great opportunity for us to use this as leverage for grounds and facilities and we wasted that opportunity um what do you think the the world cup means in terms of that and and have we learned from it obviously um i say quite often uh we we've got the the largest participant sport in this in this country and we do not use our voting and our political muscle enough yeah and i agree and this is where what i was trying to sort of Anyway, is that we need to work together mm. to, to ensure that we do. We, we can't just go in as individuals going, my club, my club, my club. We need to go as one. Oh, and that's absolutely. That's the important thing here, yep. that we work together. And if one club gets it one year, it doesn't mean two, three years' time, another club can't get it. That's where everyone needs to do their bit to ensure that we've got the best facilities, yep. um, to ensure we've got good lighting for night matches. Why not have... Because for me, I'd love to be able to have matches in the State League and MPL Friday, you know, Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday and even a Saturday late afternoon kickoff. So then we don't have six games in the MPL kicking off at three o'clock and then clubs going, well, there's no people. Well, yeah, because they've got a choice of six games to go to. Yeah. We need to spread, for me, we need to spread that out. We need to have an opportunity. I'd love to be able to go watch three or four games on a weekend. I'd love to, but unfortunately, the way, you know, what we're doing is three o'clock kickoffs and this is where I think night matches are great. I think yeah. it's a good opportunity to. to I'd love to be able to watch a game at three and but then that, go to another one at seven. But that opens wow. up another thing, Alex, that you um, you do that and we, we expect people to pay $10 to enter a ground and they've got to bring their own chair and sit out in the rain. Um, you know, yeah. it's a spectator experience. We need to develop the grounds for everybody, not just okay. the players, but also the spectators yeah. and the administrators and everyone else. Yeah, and, and I agree. And I think I've said it to a lot of clubs. You know, they charge $10 for, for someone to go watch a game. But why not let them in free? Because when they come in, they go, you know what? We're going in for four, even half the price. You know, I'm going to buy a drink. I'm going to buy a beer. I'm going to get mm. something to eat. So then they're getting that better experience rather than saying, oh, I'll pay $10 and I'll watch the game. Whereas they go in and say, oh, I had a hamburger and the food's great and, you know, it's good atmosphere and, and things like that. Why, why wouldn't you do that? Absolutely. And then <laughs> so when you, you look at government funding, I think the, the waffle will get about $12 million from the state government. Um, I imagine yeah. if that sort of funding was available at Football West. Oh, it'd be great. We'd love it. I mean, we, we, we're about to have one of the best facilities, you know, football has had for, for some time now yeah. in, the, in the state football centre. You know, I, I'd love to be able to, to have more funding where we can sort of utilise and, and, you know, have more pitches and more, more stadiums, for, you know, boutique little stadiums that we can, we can sort of promote and have more games at as yeah. well. Um, but to have that funding, you know, to be a dream because... What that that gives us the opportunity to do is, is develop better players, and that's what it's about for me: is developing better players and giving those players an opportunity, different pathway that can't reach that elite level, but give them a, a pathway that they can go. Well, I can play, still play football, like like you've said many times, walking football, uh, yeah. you know, social football, amateurs. You know, there's a there's a game for everyone, and I think that's important. And that funding, what I'm trying to say here is that funding can go to better pitches for these uh, players that are playing at social level to play on as well. Oh, yeah, look, without a doubt. And the more kids we have playing, the more people we have playing at social levels, um, it develops yeah, players. And you look at Jamie Vardy, played amateurs right up until he was in his 20s. And Mikel Antonio is another one who came from amateur football at a late age. So it does happen, and it doesn't happen yeah, without facilities. Yeah. But I think also um, there's been this um, focus on excellence and you know elitism. And really, when you look at that five to to ten age group, 
we should just be teaching kids to love the game. They want to be out there and want to yep. play. They want to follow their idols. They want to run around with Sam Kerr shirts on, you know, brilliant. And that's yeah, what they absolutely. should be doing, loving the game, because then what happens is when you're on the wrong side of 60, as I am, you're still doing the same thing, but uh, playing walking football. Um, and that's the, the whole point it, the, for me and, and for you also. Football has been a huge part of my life. And it's it's there because I've had that love for the game since the very first moment I kicked the ball and I've never lost it. And, and I think that we lose that somewhere along the line, you know, um, and, and not until recently. And I'm in September, I'm going over to Malaysia to play in the first Pan Pacific Cup in walking football. Um, so at 63, I'm going to go and, and um, represent my, my country. So I'm happy. I'm living the dream, living my best life. Yeah, oh, absolutely, and that's what it's about. Like, like you said, you know, you're going to get an experience playing international football. Yep. At, at a different type of football, you know, irrespective of what your level of, of skill is. Mm. And this is what we're also trying to do at Football West. I mean, we just got back um, from we went to Indonesia with an under 15 side. We're about to go to Borneo uh, with a 14, 15, 16 TSP side. We've got um, Singer Cup coming up for our regional state side, yep. our Goldfields regional state side, and then, and then. In turn, again, we've got, you know, Phuket Cup for another lot. So what we're trying to do here is give an opportunity for all players to play at international level against international sides, um, irrespective of what their quality is. Now, yeah, OK, we're looking at the, the top end. But, again, regional kids to be able to go play in Singapore and in, in Phuket, well, it, you know, it's a dream. Young, young, young Ben here, when he was 15, went to the Manchester Umbro Cup as part of a, a regional uh, WA team that went over there. Yeah, I learned heaps there. It was great. We played local teams. We played uh, youth teams from the Premier League. Uh, we got batted a few times, but, yeah, we all learned a lot. But you met people like James Milner and... Yeah, I met a few guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was good. Yeah, I mean, some of us are really lucky, like Ben, yourself, you met James Milner. I was lucky enough to play against them with, you know, at national type level uh, with your Harry Kills, your, your Bresciano's, your growers at junior national level. You know, it, it's an experience. And, and these guys may have gone even further in their careers than I didn't, but at least I've been able to have that experience of playing at national at you know national championship level and, and, and a bit, bit better. And, and at a young age as well, because then you, can, you learn yeah, from that, don't absolutely. you? Oh, 100% you do. And, and, you know, you take that experience and you never forget it. Um, but, again, it's, it's, it's a good growth and good um, opportunity for, for any kid or, or any player to be able to play at that sort of level. Mm. Absolutely. Okay, Alex, I know you're working on a very tight schedule and you need to yeah, be on this vehicle right. going over to the, the training ground. Look, great to hear that you're over there and, and doing something you love um, and, you know, it'll be a, an absolute experience and um, I, I hope that the uh, US team end up runners up to Australia. Um, but. Oh, what a final that would be! <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take that, uh, I'll take that, guys. But I won't say that in front of the, the management team. But um, absolutely, uh, you know, as, as some people in the office have called me Captain America, it's uh, definitely America all the way, except when the Matildas are yeah, playing. You'll have to wear your Australian socks. Yeah, well, if there's a, if there's an outbreak of food poisoning on the night before they play Australia <laughs> in the final, um, I won't be looking in your direction. <laughs> No, no, I'll make sure I'm eating it as well, mate, so it doesn't look tough. <laughs> All right, buddy, take care and, and love what you're doing. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Cheers, guys. Bye. Alex Novats is out there in New Zealand with the um, World Cup favourites, US. Yeah, he's going to be a busy man, I think. I mean, they touched down on Tuesday. You would think that he would be all over the training grounds and the rehab from the flight and being that middleman uh, between the hotels, management, 
the, the, I spoke to him. The more man spoke to him during the week about it, and um, you know he's not expecting to be doing much in the way of sleeping over the next couple of weeks. No, I don't think he's going to. No, uh, it's, it, there's a lot in it. It doesn't sound like a lot, but I would imagine that um, looking after the U.S. national team would be like looking after 24 Taylor Swifts. Yeah, just all of those times and getting the buses, and I've travelled a bit with teams as well, and. You know, I it's never like looked her, at that. I just rocked like up and I had cats. to rock up. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> I know. No, no, look, I don't envy him and I think he's, you know, great that he's out there doing it and, look, having known Alex for an awful long time, as you have, um, lives, eats and breathes his football. I think so. And I think a few bags will be lost and he'll be doing a few uh, rat runs back to the back to the base camp, back out to training. <laughs> it's all those little things you forget. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Someone's left their boots in the hotel room. Yeah, no, it's going to be um very, very interesting time for him. And, look, if you're going to do it, may as well do it with the, the, the best in the world. Yeah, and I think it'd be good to catch up with Alex on the radio after the uh, talk about his experience. We'll do, and... yeah, absolutely. You know, there'll be a follow-up to this one. I can guarantee it. <laughs> all righty. Um, lots of football going on in the local leagues, and we'll start off with the NPL. There's a, a number of... Um, Juicy-looking fixtures out there today, Ben. Yeah, there is some big games. Um, there's one at Macedonia Park with uh, Sterling versus Armadale. Uh, Sterling is sitting in second at the moment on 26 and Armadale on 23. Uh, the goal difference is extremely is the same. It's, uh, Sterling have got 10 and Armadale have got 9, so there could be a, a, a change there uh, with John O'Reilly's men. Uh, so Sterling are playing um, Armadale. We've got Bayswater versus uh, Olympic Kingsway. Um, be another big game there. And then uh, I wouldn't think I'd say this before, but uh, Inglewood down at the bottom uh, against Perth Chally sitting in mid- mid-table. New coach with Danny Hay. Um, it's going to be an interesting game as well. Obviously, Inglewood need those points. Uh, we've got Florit versus Balcatta. Um, then Coburn are playing Perth Red Star down at Dalmatinac Park. And then we see the NTC playing Sorrento. Uh, down at Lark Hill. So, yeah, in some interesting games there, but the, my pick for that uh, NTC. round is... Oh, it's a perfect glory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a bad man, Ben. Um, yeah, no, look, some interesting games there, and I, I think like Sterling-Armadale, um, Sterling going really well. Armadale still not quite consistent, but more than capable of doing the job on the day. I think so. I think, uh, obviously, with uh, John O'Reilly was away for... A, Three to four weeks there. They yeah. had a few uh, uh, you know, points lost on the road. Yeah. But he's, uh, I don't think they conceded. A, they conceded two last week, but mm. I think they um, had a few clean sheets before that. So, And when you look at that league, you say uh, Inglewood at the bottom, but they're, they're, it's a very, very even league still. It's not much between top and bottom. No, there isn't. So, yeah, if, if Inglewood win, they can – and obviously if Florian lose, they can, they can get off the bottom there. But, yeah, it's the top and the bottom, it is, it is tight. We're talking from third bottoms, 19, and the Perth Red Star with 26 points. Hmm. So it's really, you know, there's three games in it. It's yeah. a very close league, and you wouldn't have picked this at the start of the season. Oh, no, look, uh, I think at the start of the season, if you'd have said that Perth would have been at the bottom of the table in the first four weeks, which they were, um, yeah, no one would have believed you. Yeah. The, the addition of Danny Hay as the coach, um, huge. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's coached. Professionally as well. Coached his national side. Yeah, he has. So, yeah, yeah look, he hasn't got a lot of time to to rebuild. I mean, they're sitting mid-table, so, yeah, I don't think they'll relegate, just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure they won't. <laughs> All right, um, so that's the, the NPL. If you're 
looking for a game, plenty of good games out there, good spread across the metro area, so get out there and, and do yourself a favour and watch one of them games. All right, we're going to go to a break and we'll be back after the break with Ben Smith, who is with WA Newspapers, and we'll be talking about the EPL transfer market. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. These players, they want more. They want to step off that field and win. win. Just when Australia was crying out for a hero, they found one. Matildas now get to measure themselves against world's footballing elite. Till we outrun them. Keep it going, we're not done till it's done, all the way through. Till the pain pays off. Till we make you roar. Till we tell a bigger story. Till we settle the score. Till we stop them all. You can't beat the best. Till we do you proud. We not like the rest. We're not done. Till it's done. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. All right, and we're back on air. I'm just waiting to get hold of Ben Smith. So if you want to run through some State League uh, fixtures for the day, Ben. Yeah, I think we'll, st- we'll go start off with the State League Division 1. Uh, so we've got Joondalup United versus Fremantle City. Uh, Gwilup Croatia versus Murdoch Uni Melville. Forestfield United versus Gosnells. The Western, Western Knights versus Dinella White Eagles. I'm not too, not too sure if there's going to be a crowd at the game or not. Who knows? Yeah, they're, they're allowed to have a crowd, so... The Western Knights? Yeah. Yep. I've yeah. got to keep up, up to date with all this because I know Mandra couldn't have them or... No, they're, they're all off their up. sanctions, so there well, should, should be a good crowd there today. Yeah. Uh, Mandra City versus UWA and Subiaco versus Rockingham. All right. Now joining us on the line is Ben Smith from WA Newspapers and a State League player himself. Um, good morning, Ben. How are you? Hi, Sean. I'm not doing too badly. Uh yeah, bracing for a very busy uh, month of football, but yeah, pretty yeah. good. I, I saw a, a Twitter uh, thing from yourself with seven world-class games in the style of Mitchell and Webb. I thought that was quite amusing and, and shows um, a bit of class from you. Thank you. I'm a yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, big fan of David Mitchell and Robert Webb. So uh, yeah, I, I'm sign of a good that. education, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, look, this is what this is what happens happens when you have English parents. You just you end up watching a lot of British sketch comedy. Yeah, no, we couldn't do anything better than that. Um, one thing I will say, look, it's been great looking at the articles you've been putting out over the last few weeks. There was a, a wonderful article about Sam Kerr in the Sunday Times last week. Um, you're getting a, a, a fair bit of coverage out there for the game, and I imagine over the next few weeks um, we'll be seeing more column inches from yourself. Yeah, yeah, um, I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't. So, uh, you know, um, it's, uh, it's very meaningful, I think. Uh, I do thank you on uh, on pointing that out. I feel sometimes people complain about the lack of coverage and I feel like I've been, you know, the last uh, you know six to nine months sort of thing, I've been doing 
doing my most to get them, you know, to increase the amount of football coverage that's available in in the West Australian. And um, you know, uh, you can't you can't please any uh, you can't please everyone. But uh, I'm I'm glad that you know some people you know recently have kind of reached out and said you know thank you and well done and that sort of stuff. So it's nice, it's, you know. It's, been a very busy time for us at work recently, so it's, uh, you know, it's nice to get some recognition sometimes. Yeah, I don't think it's the dig it yourself. I think the, the game itself doesn't get enough recognition in, in the printed media, um, but obviously part of that is about having quality journalism that, that's representing the game um, and, and bringing out those interesting stories to get those inches. And, and you understand you're in, the, in that market. Um, it's not just a case of, you know, we're, we're going to be given a page. We've, we've got to earn it. It's hard because, uh, you know, what sells papers? Yeah. If Nick Nat Nui changes his socks, that sells papers. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. All right. So, anyway, um, getting back to the, the reason you, we've got you on, um, the EPL transfer market seems to be overshadowed by the Declan Rice transfer, which seems to be dragging on. You know, if, I think if Arsenal weren't trying to do it and after pay, this would be already done by now. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. I mean, I think I feel like it was. It feels like an eternity ago that Man City and Arsenal were in a bidding war. And, yeah. Um, you know, the um, you know the fact that West Ham are set to you know they're on their way to Perth this week, and you know I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if Declan Rice travels with the team. Oh, he but, won't. You know, yeah, I, he won't travel. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I would have put it this way. I mean, if he does travel with the team, I think something's seriously gone wrong in terms of that transfer. Uh, yeah. It yeah. felt like. It was it felt from like you know the start of the window that that was getting done as soon as possible, and yet you know here we are, um, yeah. all these days later, and it's still you know. But I, but I think. You look at it, you, you want to pay like a British record transfer fee. You go, yeah, okay, we'll agree to do that, but we'll, we'll give you 10% now and the rest over the next 50 years. doesn't really work, does it? You know, why would West Ham no. give that up? Really, it should be, look, either stump up the cash or forget it. Um, you know, it's, it's a bit like, like buying jewellery or whatever. You, you know, afterpay is not, not really working for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I, you know, I, I assume there's some kind of uh, way to get around, you know, financial fair play or yeah. something like that. But it's just, yeah, I mean, just, I, I, I tend to agree. You either have the cash or you don't. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to, you know, to buy players. You and, know, and, you know, pay it off in, in such small installments. Like, yeah. if it was, like, paid over four years, that's, that's a bit more palatable. But if, you, you know, you, well, even the, then it's still a long time to receive the money. The, the new bidding war that's coming up, and you wonder if it, how this would go as well if they haven't got the money to buy Declan, how are they going to afford the 180 to 200 it's going to get cost to get Mbappe over the line? Yeah, well, I mean, that's it, isn't it? Um yeah, I mean, I mean, I've been saying for a while there's too much money in the game these days, and you know, I remember when I remember when you know five million pounds was a big transfer, you know, or <laughs> you know, or it was a, for a reasonable player. Um, I can remember the first million pound transfer. It's horrible. <laughs> and who was that? I mean, a long time, long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even the fact that someone you know that Declan Rice is worth ninety million in this market. I think that says more about the market than it does about Declan Rice. Who, you know, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a bad footballer, but I also don't think he's anywhere near worth that money. And I personally reckon you could probably find, you know, three other midfielders who do just as another, you know, who do just as good a job or maybe even better a job. Yeah. For you know, thirty million. 
But it's like any market. I mean, your, your house or your car is only worth what the market's prepared to pay for it. So, you know, yeah. West Ham can value him whatever they want. If someone's got or foolish enough to part with that cash, then it's about them. Oh, yeah. Um, but look, there's, there's enough about Declan. Um, Carl Havertz from Chelsea to Arsenal, that, that intrigued me. Yeah, I, mean, I I quite like it as a move for Arsenal. Um, you know, I think Havertz has been a bit of a you know, uh, you know, square peg in a round hole, uh, round hole at Chelsea this last couple of years. You know, the fact that they've been playing him as a centre forward when you know he's he's shown, a midfielder. You know, he's an attacking midfielder. Yeah. He's a you know yeah. he can do a job up front for you, but you know over the course of the season, his you know shortcomings in that position are going to show up, and that's exactly what happened. And you know, I think it's a good bit of business for Arsenal um, because I think Kai Havertz can be a really good, you know, English Premier League attacking midfielder. Yeah. He's not a, he's not a strikeout. He's not even a false nine. Like, he's not no. someone who, like, I, yeah, it just befuddles me in the fact that Chelsea decided they were going to play him that way for so long. And, you know, you need an out-out striker. You look at all the best teams, you know, who have won the league. Like, all pretty much all of them have had out-and-out strikers or someone who can stick the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. With Havertz, yeah, you, like, you, I mean, you like, looked at Havertz and you, you knew he wasn't enjoying his football the last yeah. few seasons. You could, you could tell yeah. in his face. That's it. Mm. And, I mean, you even look at Man- Manchester City this season. You know, last season they, you know, didn't really have that kind of number nine option. I know they still won the league, you know, a couple of years ago. They bought in Haaland this year and they just blew away the rest of the competition because they finally had someone who was a natural in that position who could, mm. and who could stick a ball back to that. Absolutely. Now, the other thing I thought a bright bit of business was um, Liverpool in getting McAllister from Brighton and giving them Milner in return. <laughs> that sounds like a bit of an unfair trade, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I think there was some cash. Um, I think there was some cash and some donuts in it. It was £40 million, I think. Yeah. I, 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 I know who I'd rather be in that uh, situation. As much as you know, James Milner seems like a nice man. Um, I'd rather have Alex McAllister. Um, yeah, he, he's a really good player, and um, I thought that the first half of the World Cup final as well for Argentina, he was excellent to me. I thought he really impressed me in that World Cup final for Argentina. Uh, he's a really good player. Um, I think he'll, uh, yeah, he gives Liverpool a bit of a bit more quality in that kind of attacking midfield kind of final third. Role, which I'm not sure they've kind of, you know, they haven't. I don't think they've had a great attacking midfielder no. in a while. But he he uh, used you know, quality in that Brighton side. I think you know, put yeah. him in a, in another very good side. Um, he's just going to get better, and I think that was a, a good bit of business. Yeah, yeah. He's a, I think he was the sort of move where, you know, um, you know, provided he adapts to the system, which you know, like he's a good player. You, hope and you'd hope that Liverpool have a plan for integrating him into the system. Yeah. Uh, he should be really good. Uh, I, I really like McAllister. I think really, really good player. Really fun player to watch. Um, now, part of the Chelsea clear out, again, is, is Mason Mount to Man U. Yeah, that's, a, um, that's an interesting one. Uh, again, that's one which I feel like I heard about was going to get done three weeks ago and is only just getting done yeah. at the moment. I know there was a bit of negotiation, a bit of argy-bargy going back and forth between the mm-hmm. two clubs and haggling over a few things. But, yeah, I... Um, yeah, Big I, wages I'm as well. Intrigued yeah. how it got. I'm intrigued to how he fits in. Um, mm. He's topped a lot of slack 
Oh, yeah, sorry, he's copped a lot of criticism last few years, Mason Mount. I think he's kind of gone from being overrated to being underrated. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm kind of in, interested to see how he fits in with Casemiro and Fernandez. And, uh, yeah, I think he's, he's one of those players who I think does small things very well, but that means that he kind of has a you know, temerity to go missing a bit. Mm. And yes. I thought Manchester United was sticking away from paying those big salaries as well. Yeah, yeah, that's the other part. Um, and you'd think that, you know, given, you know, obviously there's a, a, a potential takeover of the club as well. You, I'm just wondering how, you know, how does that impact on the actual kind of deal? You know, were they hesitant to give out his money because they're not sure about the ownership mm. uh, you know, structure going forward or whatever? But, yeah, I mean, it, it's been done that now. Um, and, uh, yeah, I... I think I'm not sure he is like the exact player that Man United need, but I'm probably not too sure what Man United needs. Yeah, they probably need another striker, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, that would uh, that, that would help. There's one player for Tottenham at the moment who, uh, who might. I was going to ask you about Kane. Is he, is he staying or is he going? What are your thoughts? Uh, I I'm really fascinated to see what happens because I'm not sure Harry Kane. I was speaking with a Tottenham fan about this last night, actually. I'm not sure Harry Kane fits the way Andrew Foster Cobley wants to play football. You know, he, uh, you know, he wanted, he likes to have his forwards, you know, pressing high and you know, chasing, mm. you know, chasing the centre backs. And Harry Kane's not that no. sort of guy. What Harry Kane is very good at is when his team has possession, he's very good at being an option. He is. He's ball to feet. He's, he's an outstanding yep. distributor of the, of the ball for a, for a number nine. And when he's uh, in the he's box and gets the ball, he's putting it in the back of the net. Exactly, and that's the kind of, you know, I'm sure Anders wants to work with Harry Kane. Mm. Does Kane necessarily fit how he wants to play? Um, you know, as you know, as I was chat- said, I was speaking to a Tottenham last night, and he kind of said it could be, you know, Richarlison might start up front um, if Kane isn't there, and that actually might suit the team a bit more because he's a bit more mobile, a bit more, you know, um, he he's a bit... You know, he's fluid in his movement kind of when he's pressing. And, uh, yeah, I yeah. think he's a bit more energetic than Kane, who, you know, he's a very good intelligent player, but he's not the most, uh, you know, he doesn't. he's not a rapid player, is he? No, and, was, and you were talking to me, Sean, before about Declan Rice is worth 105. What is Kane worth to Manchester United? <laughs> I mean, if, if Declan Rice is worth 105, you know, I'd, I'd say that Harry Kane is probably worth... 150 mil, but... Yeah, I'd agree. And you talk about the news coming out of Bayern Munich was they're going to pay 60 million for him, and that's never going to happen. I mean, he's he's older, and he's approaching, I think he might be 30, or about to approach 30. Mm. He's 29 at the moment. Um, So you do have to buy, you know, anyone who's buying from him might be able to shave a few dollars off on it, with the argument Mm. that, you know, he's... uh, He's, he's, he's approaching his twilight. All, all that said, though, you, you've got a new coach in Postacoglu going in. They've just bought James Madison, um, who I think could increase that, that level of service that he gets. Um, you know, yeah, it's the style of play that yeah. Postacoglu plays. Yes. It's a lot of running off the ball. Yep. Um, yeah, he's came up for it. Yeah, um, that's it. I mean, he, he's a very unselfish runner, you know, when his teams are in possession. Um, you know, he, he's very good at creating space for others without even receiving the ball via, you know, the runs he makes. And, uh, you know, he's very unselfish in kind of, in that respect. But, you know, 
there's doing that when your team has possession and then there's doing that when your team doesn't have possession and the off-ball running that Foster Coglu's team will entail. But, yeah, it's going to be, again, like, um, I haven't seen Tottenham announce their squad for the Australia Tour. Uh, you know, I mean, my gut says Kane probably won't be there, but who knows? I mean, you know, there's... Yeah, I don't know whether he's had a chat with Ange or, or what. Um, I'm not in Ange's inner circle, unfortunately, but I'd be fascinated to see how Ange actually views Harry Kane and whether he thinks he can, you know, utilise him in an effective manner. Mm. Yeah, look, I think they're, they're going to. Ange has made a, a massive offer to keep him as a, a striker, so, you know... Um, they, they they don't want to lose him. I'm sure of that. Um, and you know, when you look at who they replace him with, that's going to be the next problem. But um, I would imagine that, as you said, he's an unselfish runner. Why wouldn't you keep him? I think he might fit in well with their um, their system. But yeah, as you said, he's soon to be thirty. So who knows? Um, yeah, there's as any other transfer news piqued your your um, imagination. Uh, I, I don't think so. Actually, I think we've kind of uh, we've kind of covered the main bits. I guess oh the no, I picked other... up picked up one late last night. Um, Anthony Griezmann, Newcastle are courting him. Wow, that's uh, that's uh, yeah, that would be some move. Um, I know Newcastle have already signed, um, you know, Tenali from AC Milan, who yep. uh, did not want to leave Milan by the sounds of things. He was he really wanted to stay at the club and was kind of the decision was made for him by the club yeah uh, he got a lot they paid a, Newcastle paid a lot of money for him and um, I've got to be honest I mean I just I haven't watched much AC Milan over the last couple of years so I can't say I'm an expert on the team but I didn't when I did watch Milan play in the Champions League this year which was you know, maybe two three games I think Tenali stood out for me and the fact you know, and obviously it's a very small sample size, but I was kind of surprised that Newcastle are paying as much as they are for him. Um, yeah. It feels like they're just kind of flexing their financial muscles rather than making, you know, smart acquisitions, really. Absolutely. Um, and another one I, I saw was um, that Man United have invested heavily in a 20-year-old Japanese goalkeeper by the name of Zeon Suzuki. Name. Well, he's he's twenty, and have been tracking him for six years. So that says a lot about the young man and, and what he's he's capable of. Um, but you know, when you think about that for a twenty-year-old, it's a it's a big move. It is, um, and you know, has, will have a ripple effect. Uh, you know, what's David de Gea's what's going through David de Gea's mind at the moment? Usually, uh, usually the know. ball, isn't it? You know, to go, go straight <laughs> through him. <laughs> if it's easy, it's going straight through. If it's difficult, he's saving it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's a, yeah. Like six years is a long time to be tracking a player. So um, yeah. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, hopefully he's worth it. Mm. Another player that's done a full circle is uh, Angel Di Maria as well. He's gone back to Benfica on a free. So it's not a bad signing for Benfica. No, it's not. No, it's a pretty good, pretty good signing. World Cup winner. All right, now we we talked about the earlier on about the seven world class games that are coming. Um, the first and, and put the, the question mark over world class is West Ham versus Perth Glory, which is next Saturday night. Indeed, yeah, um, should be good. I haven't, uh, I don't have an update on ticket sales or anything, but um, I think there's a, you know, I think you know what Perth people like. They'll wait to the last minute to get tickets, and I'd encourage you know anyone. Who's uh, you know on the fence to go? 
you know, you get it's not often you get to see English Premier League sides. I know we've had a lot of them come in the last few years, but you know that doesn't mean it should be any less special. And you know, I can say that West Ham are quite, uh, you know, there's also a lot of WA links between West Ham and. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan, so you know I'm I'm sold. I'm going yeah. anyway. Um, just joined yeah. us. In, just joined us in our studio is Phil Kelly, who's the chair of the state league standing committee. But um, he has a, an opinion on English Premier League sides coming over. Yeah, I, I don't like them coming. That's the end of the day. I don't like them coming here. I think they steal the hearts and minds of. Um our local players, Ben. I don't know what your thoughts are, but um, if they were coming here and being involved in the community, <coughs> holding programs and all that sort of thing, I think I'd be I'd be on board with it. But, but they are promoting the EPL. They're product. here. To, they're here to sell the EPL product and take the hearts and minds of all of those little kids away from state league. You, you mentioned on the radio earlier. Yeah. You said about running around wearing care yeah. shirts. They're yeah. not. They're wearing Mbappe shirts. Yeah. Right. They're wearing Messi shirts. Yeah. Right. That's what the EPL want. The EPL are coming here. They're bringing all their teams here to capture the hearts and minds of kids. Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, well, first of all, I think the state government, the state government is obviously pouring a lot of money into, you know, bringing these teams over. I mean, that's the enticement for them. And obviously, yeah. Yeah. They, uh, you know, uh, kind of, it's a bit of a branding exercise for the clubs. Um, I do agree with you about the community aspect. It's a very good point. I actually wrote a column about this last year saying this is the sort of thing, you know, it's great. I love having these, you know, as a fan of the game and as someone who covers the game for a living. I love having these teams come to town because it does give you a bit of a, you know, from a purely selfish point of view, you get that experience. You get that kind of like, oh, this is, you know, like this is what it's like to cover a major, you know, a major, major, you know, uh, world-renowned sporting team. Um, But I would love to see them do more in the community as well. Exactly, after I wrote that column last year, um, someone actually rang up, uh, rang me up, and I had a chat with him. Uh, I believe he, he would actually um, said Aston Villa had done some like junior coaching, and they'd done like a couple of nights kind of working with, uh, you know, I think some of like the equal footing ball type players yep. and that sort of stuff, and they'd kind of and it kind of flown under the radar, and you know, we hadn't, I hadn't actually wasn't aware, but he kind of been involved, you know, he was a Perth local, and he said. Like, um, yeah, just so you know, where Aston Villa kind of came down and did some stuff and you yeah. know, it wasn't really promoted that much, but they were actually out in the community and doing stuff, which is, you know, I think that's really important. And that was, um, it was good to hear because I did feel like, like, especially last year, like, I know Crystal Palace did a bit of stuff. But, but the man, thing is, Ben, it's a, it is a business exercise. The, the Sky Sports yeah, and the EPL are also funding those clubs to come to Asia because it's a huge market for them. They've got other teams that are going around North America um, in some form of, of competition. And it really is about marketing the EPL and um, Sky Sports subscriptions so that they're for, to make their money. And then from that perspective, you've got people who go, why should I go and sit in the stand at HBF and watch Glory when I can go home and watch insert Premier League club here? Um, and that's that's part of the problem we have with our game is that, you know, and Alex spoke about it before about us being united. We're even in our viewing, we're not united because um, people go, why would they go and watch the Glory? It's like going and watching a third division team. So, you know, it, it is yeah. taking away so, from our local sometimes sport. Sometimes when you're watching an early game on TV, yeah. it's competing with an EPL game. Yes. And 
There's I'm, no competition. There's just no competition. Mm. There literally is no competition. And I mean, and you do hear that excuse too often. Why don't you go to a glory game? Why don't you go to a state league or an NPL game? Well, because the standard's terrible. When mm. I can go watch it yeah. on, on pay TV tonight, whatever league I want. And, and you, go, you go back to the 70s and 80s where you see crowds of three, four, five thousand going to an East Fremantle Tricker Law versus Perth Italia game. And that's because, number one, there were no other options. The shops had shut at 12. The, there was nothing open. There was no, no live TV football anywhere. And the only thing was the only game in town was the or the back then the, the first division, um, and that was it. There was nothing else. So I suppose we are competing in a global market now. And of course, before when teams used to play, I and mean, I remember when Werder Bremen came here, yeah. they played the WA State team. Yes, and maybe maybe that's part of the solution. I, I mean, I, I don't know whether could we, we could be put out a team that was of a standard. From from that selection, perhaps, mm. um, but there needs to be more done within the grassroots space as well, um, and to support what is really at the end of the day, we're a third world football nation, mm. and that's what we need to kind of accept. Um, and we, I say it often, we take ourselves very seriously sometimes, but I think we just need to accept the fact that we aren't an EPL, we aren't a Syria, we aren't. Yeah, will this yeah. will this help a nine year old? kid that's going to go watch West Ham and Tottenham play, the, 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 after he watches the game, he's going to want to kick a ball the next day. You know, are we going to... Are we going to yeah, but probably, but probably in a Harry Kane shirt. That's, yeah, most probably. And, that, and yeah. that, that's what's happening now. That is exactly what's happening now and has been happening for the last 20, 30 years. Yeah. Is exactly that. Yeah, I agree. Um, and also then with those games, the second game is West Ham versus uh, Tottenham, which I imagine is going to create an awful lot of media interest because this will be Angie's first game in charge of Tottenham, but also for the Australian, um, for him to do that on, on home soil should have some sort of note around it. Yeah, it should. It's, um, it's, it's, a, oh, it's a huge occasion. I know it's just just a pre-season game and, you know, I know pre-season matches are not, you know, the most interesting, most exciting, but, you know, you're looking for the kind of the story, the narrative, the stuff around the game which kind of makes it interesting and you couldn't ask for much more. This is, yeah. um, you know, uh, you know and, and he's a trailblazer. He's, um, the fact that he gets to start in Tottenham, uh, you, know, can, you know, his Tottenham reign on Australian soil is very, you know, poetic and fitting. Um, you know, he's, you know, and, but he's never lost touch with his roots at all. You know, the fact that he's still, you know, I don't know whether he sees himself as a, you know, I don't think he you know, views himself as a trailblazer, but, you know, he's very acutely aware of, you know, how much Australians love the, love the world game, but also, you know, the stigma which is attached to, um, you know, Australians in the world game. You know, uh, you just look at when he rocked up at Celtic and he was, said, people said he was a nobody. Well, this know? is what his words were when, in his last interview and he talked about Tottenham and, you know, basically saying it's a joke going to Tottenham. He said, they, they said I was a joke when I took over at Celtic. Um, you know, I've managed to prove them wrong. He's very confident, but he's very aware of how the media and other people perceive him in the football world. He is. And, and he is someone. And look, I, as a West Ham fan, other than Millwall, I hate the spuds the next most. And, you know, I would, I would dearly love them to fail, but I would love Ange to succeed with them. And when you look at the record that they've had, you know, Jose Mourinho um, and all these other managers they've had, what, 12 managers in the last 10 years who have all done nothing. Um, 
you know, for him to do something with Tottenham would be magnificent. But Tottenham don't need to win the EPL to, to measure success. No. They make Europe top four, FA Cup win. He's, he's he'd be carried out. Oh, carried absolutely. Out yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Tottenham fans will be happy with just the brand of football that he wants to play. Mm. And they finish. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Actually, you're yeah. right. If it's the attacking, good brand of football that we know Ange is capable of, because he's done it at every team he's ever coached, so it's going to be. I think uh, every Australian is going to have a soft spot for Tottenham, unless you're an Arsenal fan or a West Ham fan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah, look, we all want Ange to do well, and I, I think you know the, the the frightening thing for me is that with him at the helm, Tottenham could actually do well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so yourself, Ben, you're you're going to be involved in some of these media um, events with the the teams. Obviously, the, the the two exhibition games, but then also the World Cup games. Are you part of the the WA newspapers team going through that? Yes, yeah. Um, I, my plan is to be at all seven of the games over the next, uh, you know, over that twenty day twenty day spell that's coming up. Um, should be really good. I'll be covering the Matildas uh, from afar as well by looking yep. at things. Um, you know, I'm really, you know, really intrigued to see how they go at this World Cup, and obviously it's an incredibly exciting time. And yeah, there'll be a lot of football coverage, you know, starting from next week. And you know, I'm obviously, you know, I've got another Sam Kerr feature in uh, in tomorrow's Sunday Times as Excellent. well, and there'll be a part, and there'll be a part three in uh, next week's Sunday Times as well. So. Plenty of football content uh, in the papers and online at the moment. Marvellous. Now, look, you're doing a terrific job of, of raising the profile of the game um, and the quality of your journalism is, is why you're there. I'm looking forward to reading some stuff. I imagine you won't sleep much over the next m- month or six weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, but let's face it, you're getting paid to watch football. It can't get any better than that. Um, just before we leave, I don't know if you know anything about it, There was there's a, a rumour going around at the moment that a team has only just signed a goalkeeper who is now off on new, for a new destination. Um, everyone's sworn to secrecy, but I think it might be Acton in, in Central Coast Mariners. Oh, interesting. He's only just uh, signed I... for them and he'll be out the door. It's either that or it's the uh, Kiwi keeper that we signed for Glory. So, yeah. Well, Glory, we're, um, we're posting about him on social media yesterday, so you'd hope it's not Ollie Sale. Yeah, but Ollie Sales has only just come back from the, a trip to the UK, so you just don't know, do you? It's, it's just, no, no, you don't. Yeah, just yeah. one of those things I've picked up when I've been trolling through the internet. Yeah, there was, uh, you know, I did hear a rumour a while back that Corey knew there was kind of overseas interest in sale when they signed him. Um, so I don't know. Well, I mean, I can't. I, I don't know enough about the uh, about the topic to speculated to you know what, yeah. what sort of deal would Glory have with him but he, he won't be the first player that Glory has signed uh, during the close season okay. who's then not fronted for them the following season because he's gone either to the UK or stayed in Melbourne because of Melbourne. Covid but sorry Chris Atkinson yeah. is it no Chris no no there was a couple of them there's back in the back in the glory days there was a couple <laughs> um, okay mate look thank you very much for your your time um, great to hear your insights on the league and um, obviously uh, about the, the next few weeks and the games coming up. Looking forward to reading your Sam Kerr article tomorrow. Um, be worth buying the, the Sunday Times for, just for that alone. So thank you for your time. Bye. Cheers, Sean. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Okay, that was Ben Smith, West Australian newspapers, doing a wonderful job. And I think, you know, well on the trajectory to, to being um, a revered soccer journalist in this state, if not the country. So.
Well, that's the first thing I do when I buy a paper. I always check out the uh, back page, see how much football's in there. Yeah. Uh, give that a read. But, yeah, usually during the week there's there's not much in there, but I'm glad Ben's uh, fighting the, the fight for the game. Absolutely. All right, then we welcome to... Oh, I know you jumped in on that conversation, but uh, Phil Kelly, you were passing by and you've dropped into the I studio. Thought, yeah, I thought I'd pop in to say yeah. hello. No, it's good yeah. to see you there. Good, good timing so I can... Uh, Throw another jibe at the EPL clubs, <laughs> which wasn't intentional. <laughs> On your way over to um, the Ashfield home game, are you? No, I'm at Queen's Park today. We're playing Canning at Coca Park. So, Oh, that's interesting. Canning. Mm. Oh. Why Coca? The footy club apparently have... Canning home game. and Byron Bay Reserve is pretty much booked out for the season. So. Yeah. So Canning playing at Coca Park. You know, out there marking the lines this morning. I got sent a video just a short while ago of that. So mm. uh, fond memories of playing there. Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah Phil there. was the captain of the Queens Park eight, 18s, weren't yeah, you? I was. Yeah, back, back in the day. I think I'm, I think I vaguely remember something like that a long time ago. Seth Lyons as coach. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, now we're going to go into a new segment. I'm glad you've joined us for this one, which is um, pick that out of the net and. Uh, Really what we're looking at is the, the sort of stuff we've been looking at over the last week or so that's in the electronic media about the game, local, national, international, whatever, um, tweets that you follow for whatever particular reason. and um, Whatever's picked, uh, picked an interest with the, with the community. Yeah, exactly. So we, we, we're trying to pick a victim every week. I mean, um, a commentator every week. And uh, look, trying to go away from picking state league coaches and you know club presidents and that and we've gone out and got the common man and i found the most common one i could in young ben here yeah that's me <laughs> <laughs> i hide in the shadows so ben what what's been tickling your interest within the electronic media circles well there's been a few a few posts uh this week uh lots of them entertaining a lot of them are a bit a bit awkward to read uh, but I've probably the first one I want to start off with is the uh, signing and then the retraction of a signing of uh, uh, David Goodwillie. Uh, yeah. Sorrento, yeah. Uh, Sorrento. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't, first of all, uh, all the posts online, even from the club itself and uh, other uh, forums like the Far Post, it's, it's piqued interest. It's basically a, for me, it's an advertisement for what not to do from a PR perspective. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a half a million people uh, were reading yeah. his tweets on on Twitter. Yeah. So yeah. it has it's peaked. I a mean, lot of is, is, a, is the whole there's no such thing as bad publicity? I mean, mm. well, I, I think yeah. probably some people in Sorrento probably probably done. But agree I with suppose that. look, the thing is, and and then Ben read out a thing earlier that from the player himself, which I'll paraphrase in as there is another side to this story. It's mine, and no one is prepared to listen to it. Um, from what I know from public record is that there was a criminal trial where he wasn't convicted. There was a civil trial where he was uh, ordered to make a payment. And then there was the third trial where um, he's declared bankrupt and he didn't drive to that in a Lamborghini. Um, well, the thing is, I mean, I think there's, you're right, Sean, there's three things. There's a criminal case, there's a civil case, and then there's a financial case with respect yeah. to his bankruptcy. Now, I mean, you don't walk away from a bankruptcy with a great big bag of money in a mansion no. and a Lamborghini, right? So, and you can't just declare yourself bankrupt and hide all your assets because these are the sorts of things that are tested. So, there, yeah. there's potential that there's some legitimacy around him, his ability to pay. And the, the civil and case. the other thing, and I, I know you you're big on this one yourself, is that the thing that's been forgotten and, and his side of the narrative hasn't been at all transported. But here's a man trying to rebuild his life. 
and then his mental health now must be at risk. Well, there's the fourth trial, which we don't confront enough, and that's yeah. the trial by social media. But we, we all bang on about men's mental health, mm. and, and we're all, you know, crying when someone does end their life suddenly. Um, but we've got someone like him who may be struggling now. He's... he's Life has been around and earning a living from football, and this has now burnt that probably even as a coach. Well, I mentioned it a few times in the past, and this is a, not, I mean, it's a, this is a tricky scenario to navigate, right? Mm-hmm. Very, very tricky because what has been done allegedly, and there's um, victims, there's victims, there's victims yeah. involved, and there are many victims involved at many, many levels. And yeah. It's a tough, tough, tough scenario to discuss. Mm. However, we've got to remember sometimes that. This is probably someone that was trying to rebuild their life on the other side of the planet. Yeah. And we're continuing to condemn that person. Now, you might not agree with what he's done. But I don't. I don't. I will, mm. I'll put that on record now. I don't. But why? You know, what, but, I, what, I, what doesn't sit comfortably with me is the continuing trial by social media. But I think also is there's another narrative going in there that whilst this has been gone through the courts um he himself hasn't acknowledged that there's been even a slight bit of me you know even if it was Mm, um, which is troubling too yeah Yeah. accidental that you know he put himself in a position where he this has happened um and i don't know enough about it to make commentary but it's all a bit prince andrew well that's the reality because i'll be honest i'd never heard of of uh of david goodwill until this now that in itself for me is a massive problem because mm. this this brings it up for the victims as well involved in yeah. it and it's unnecessarily being played out in global media. But you know, all for second chances and I think, mm. you know, if, if it had been, if the, the media spin had been such that we've got a man who's trying to rebuild his life, it was a yeah criminal, no, no criminal offence was committed. Yes, there was. And the burden of proof in a civil case is much, much less. It's well, not sig- beyond all doubt. So, not, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's mm. minor. Um, so obviously there was something, but it doesn't but justify it. No, it doesn't justify yeah. what's happened since. No. All right, so we're agreed on that. PR nightmare um, could have been handled better. And how does the club go from signing someone to retracting? Like, what is the process? Mm. Phil, you're you're involved at state league as well, the president. Like, when you uh, sign players, I, I, do you do a quick Google search or <laughs> look? You don't. What does the club do? To protect you you don't. You, well, you don't do as much as you. Due diligence should. isn't. Your due diligence is not something that you do broadly when you're signing a player at this level and yeah. and there's a reason for that or coaches or coaches for that matter that's I could talk to you all well. day yeah. about that right but here's the thing here's the reality of it right someone I find it hard to believe mm. I, I find it very very hard to believe that someone didn't know something yeah and that is probably the bit that's not been and, and the well. thing is it, it wasn't as if it was hidden away and someone somewhere should have gone and hey, mate there's this and then Come up with a strategy to either address it That's or, or go. Look, I'm sorry, yeah. mate. For us, it's not a good fit. We've got yeah. the Women's World Cup. We're 100%. a venue for we're a venue for one of those teams. Exactly. Yeah. Right now, it doesn't fit our space. That's where it's fallen over. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. All right, so we'll move on from that one, Ben. Yeah. What, what else? Well, probably the other one. Uh, obviously, I'm a moderator of the State League page this week. Yeah. Um, well, that would have been fun this week. Yeah, it was actually. <laughs> Usually, it's it's, it's drama free, you know. And yeah. uh, I, I wake up on uh, I don't know on Monday morning. With about nine or ten messages and uh, just reports of uh, something's been posted that shouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, which you know we had a post uh, from from a member. Yeah. Um, which was a uh, who am I? Um, 
Now things are set in there. From an anonymous member, right? It wasn't. Yeah. A, it wasn't anonymous. It's like a fake profile. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, yeah. Which was posted. And people should realise as well. So one thing, just cut in there. Anonymous member is anonymous to the anonymous to the public, but it's mm. not anonymous to the people that are on the page not correct. or Facebook. It's, no, yeah. definitely, no, it definitely right. isn't. Yeah. So, and that's yeah, so we that needs to probably be open and transparent about that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Look, we uh, once we were we were aware of the situation and obviously read the comments. We've we've deleted it because mm. comments on there uh, aren't. We, we don't stand for that in any shape, way, or form. Well, it's bullying, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, what what that that post was was a bullying. Exercise. Oh, That's 100%. all it was. One hundred percent. And yeah. it, and to be honest, it was abhorrent behaviour mm. about anyone. I mean, and that, well, that, you should not be. Well, let's not let's not hide away some some of the isms that are in there, and we're talking about racism, sexism. Oh, absolutely right. Exist. Yeah. And and clubs can't just hide it away and accept that. Oh, that's just you know, yeah, not at all. That's Jimbo. Jim, Jimbo's always been a. a um, yeah, you know, I know what you're saying. A member of the KKK, but, 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 you know. But, but these things should should I mean, not that they should be swept under the carpet at all. They should no. not be. They should be out in the open. They should be, but I don't think they should be open on a public forum. They should be handled forum. privately. Yeah, yeah. So the response to that post obviously brought up a lot of uh, issues with the, with a club within the state league. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think that response should have been, um, you know, obviously Morley Windmills. You know, we, we've seen an anonymous post. It's been deleted. Yeah. Um, we're addressing it internally. And then we'll you know, we'll get back to the community once we we come up with a solution. I, 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 well, we'll deal with it internally, and that's the end of. That's the end there's of, there's yeah. no need, to, even if you've taken action, there is no need to wash your filthy linen in public. And it doesn't do the individuals, it doesn't do the club, it doesn't do the game any good. And there's lots of things in there that would be considered. Um, detrimental to the game, detrimental to the club, may even be libelous against some people. Um, you know, and we talk about again from a mental health perspective. Yeah. Um, there are there are people involved in that who have given up their time and their money to be involved in. A club. I don't care what club it is, and no. this is for every club. But, but they all are being abused uh, horribly, and these are people who have given up their own time uh, to to benefit a club. Here, and I don't see why. Here's a really sad part, Sean, mm. for me. Right, we're getting to watch this play out in public, mm. right? But this scenario is not unique. Of course not. Right? This scenario where, and and let's be honest, it's a club going through potentially a civil war. Mm-hmm. Right? Fighting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which it's, happens at every club. It's infighting at every club. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's surprising. It, it, the varying levels of infighting are from the minuscule right through to the absolutely disgusting, yeah. right? That scenario is happening in clubs today, this weekend, yes. potentially. Absolutely. Right? The only difference is, is that, this one was played out on social media. And you've got to wonder what the motives of that are. Mm. What are the motives of putting it out in social media uh, like that? Yeah, well, it clocked that, up, that's it the clocked bit up I don't understand. I think one of them clocked up 5.5 thousand views. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It is. And we've, you know, we've got 11,500 members on, on the page. Yeah. You know, and obviously half of them have uh, 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 tuned into it. Yeah. Yeah, look, and I think it, it, it doesn't do anybody any good. So I suppose, look, from... from my perspective, yes, whilst you, you can sit there with a, a packet of popcorn enjoying it, um, you've also got to remember, therefore, by the grace of God, walk every single one of us because we're all involved in, in clubs and we've all know that there's um, all sorts of levels of unsavoury yeah, activity it, happening exactly. that gets managed and dealt with without putting it on the public. And I think the, this is the danger of electronic media and the access well, to it. Well, it is, and that's, yeah. that's probably the biggest and, and clubs need to have social media policies. Well, you do, 100%. And I, 
I'm, like, I know from my own club's perspective how we deal with these types of matters and what we do yeah. when things do end up. And it does go on Facebook. It does get on to various social media channels. I've I've had some horrible things happen in social media at my club that we've yeah. managed to get in front of before they become an issue. Um, and I can only be grateful that that's the case and hopefully mm. that continues. But Social media is a great tool. It, it can it can be it can be a sensational tool, yeah. but it can also be the undoing Again, as well. But ninety eight percent of that stuff on that on those pages are it's good stuff. It's yeah. live. Yeah, of course I it mean, is. It's community based. Well, things like things like you know, I mean, there's a bit of banter occasionally, and, and the banter the, the banter crosses that it, it yeah, plays but, in that grey area. But, but <laughs> right. I suppose the canteen league or the the alternate league, yeah, where the stuff canteen like that. The canteen league yeah. is brilliant, right? Yeah. I love the fact that people. Are, I mean, and and Devereux from Gosnells, right? Yeah, everybody now, and it's it's become a thing. Everyone's checking the status of coffee. A hundred percent, right? And that is a sensational thing. Do you know? Can't be honest with you. Can't be honest. With you. Yeah. At Ashfield, yeah. we did not want to be at the bottom of that table. We have made significant changes <laughs> to our canteen oh, so, that we, so that we move up. And I think, table. look, when, you, when you're looking through, and we're talking about the good stuff now, there, there's one recently I've been hooking into, um, the Vigilante. On the amateur page, yeah. On the amateur page. And he is going through, and, and just of his own back, he goes to Games of the Week and he writes a report on it. There's a wonderful one on there uh, last week, Kingsway Olympic versus Maccabi. Yeah. But it's a, there's a... But he's picking random games. Like, he's yeah. not going because it's the match of the round. No, exactly. Or for any other reason. That's I think, Mark, isn't it? But, yeah, at yeah, Mark Sargent. Yeah, the, yeah, and the yeah, way yeah. he writes is it, just entertaining. It, it's it's almost as if we've got someone who wrote for Viz and then said to him, report on football for yeah, us. Yeah, no, and it's brilliant. And yeah. that, so that's that where... Gossip girl, isn't it? You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Can I pick something else from the internet? Yeah, so sure. This is a global yeah. thing, yeah. right? And I think it's and to change speed and change gears a bit. Yeah. The new offside rule. Arsenal Wenger's. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Look. Um, whilst I agree with it, I also think we're going we're going to have the opposite effect now that he was onside because his toenail was oh, overlapping no. or one of his laces was overlapping. So whilst I think it's yeah, great, I, you're right, and, you're and right. the advantage should be given to the the attacking exactly. side but I hate to see a goal scrubbed because the little back tab on the, on his of his boot was behind the, the defender's yeah, I think sock. We need, we need to go with obvious advantage or something along those lines. Not yeah. The VAR started with it was just the goal scoring decisions you know like it I don't yeah. know. But I hate this I do I don't like this oh his fingernail was offside or yeah. Yeah. That's, that is Are just we going to get real linesmen going forward? Well I too I'm a fan of like from a, just, we're going to have. And I've said, with, I've said this, Rachel. Right, know what you're going to say. We're going to play with the offside rule. 18 yard box. Let's just make offside only in the 18 yard box, right? That would open the game up a huge amount. Yeah, I think. Look, and you're you're not old enough to remember when Jimmy Greaves used to stand next to the away team's goalkeeper, <laughs> um, and he knew more about their goalkeeper's life than his own. Mm, I don't want that. No, but but, but yeah, I think within. Inside the box, yeah. Even just inside the box, yeah, not yeah. outside the box. So you yeah. could be offside outside the box. Ball played to the corner, crossed in. Exactly. Yeah. I think it'd be. I think it'd be great to have. Yeah. If we're going to, we're going to change a rule and we change the offside rule. Um, that would be one of the best ones to change. But this has it. been trialed in a number of leagues now. I think Italy, France, three or yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, I think. Okay. And, and I think it'll it'll get up because yeah. it makes a lot of sense. The new the new change. Oh, I, I think you're right. It's a, it's a sensible change, and it gives what the whole intent of the offside rule was to give the the advantage to. That's the what it used to be when I, when I played. That's what it was. It was always a, if you're in doubt, yeah. advantage to the attacking side. Yeah, always. That's how it should be. And I think with this whole 
you know, toenail offside thing. That's, that's definitely taken that away. Mm. I think so, I saw a league, an EPL league done, mm-hmm. where if all of the disallowed goals from VAR, oh, the VAR goals, yeah, it's horrendous. Yeah, difference. I think I think Liverpool got relegated, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so that was one good thing I, yeah. I I pull out from the internet. Yeah, this week, and I think that's a good good positive change in the right direction. Mm. Mm. Anything else going on, Ben? Uh, the English team arriving. The English team arriving. I've seen uh, another one on the, one of the amateur pages where a linesman's uh, sticky taped a vape to the end of the <laughs> linesman's flag. So a new multi-tool. So obviously someone can't run the line and not have a vape in. And obviously the what they haven't read is the rules. As a as an official with a flag you in your hand, you can't smoke or drink, and vaping is smoking. Have you seen the, the I have. I've seen the picture, yeah. <laughs> no, I found that amusing. Um, but there was... It was Fox. I, yeah. No, who was it? Sky Sports. So yeah. obviously, with the time with the World Cup and uh, and social media as well, uh, Sky Sports. Uh, it's probably one of the worst bits of journalism I've ever seen. Uh, if you have seen the clip, but the lionesses are coming off the bus uh, to their Sunshine uh, Hotel. And uh, the journalist is going on about the kangaroos, and he couldn't yeah. believe that the kangaroos were roaming in the wild. Basically, and then, then I went out to check on the on the pitch, and there were kangaroos on the pitch. <laughs> yes. So anyway, within three hours, that picked up forty one thousand likes. Yeah. Or forty one thousand views, four thousand likes. So yeah. I mean, that's just uh, in the last you know day, basically. So imagine what's going to the World Cup's going to bring online for Australia. We, going the forward. World Cup is going to be an immense, immense attraction onto everything that's going on here yeah and i don't i'll be honest i don't think anyone's prepared for what's going to happen and i know a lot of i've spoken to people they've gone oh it's only the women's world cup and my biggest fear with it and we we did this when we we had the afc championships here is we we lost that opportunity we've got to seize this opportunity i think we are seizing it and i think with affordability yeah uh, i think we're doing a better we're doing a better job of it yeah like with i'm going to the games i'm going to uh, the denmark game i'm going to the china game uh it's ten dollars for kids Mm. It's cheap. Twenty dollars for adults. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Not, you, you name another event you? in in Perth or even Australia yeah. where you can get tickets for for that. And yeah. I suppose, look, this comes back to again, and women's football is so accessible that we look at it, even with China and Denmark and and the countries that are playing here, yeah. Ireland, there are world class players on our doorstep. Now, years ago, Ashfield, we had Perth Glory playing, and we had. Um, all the, the women's team came to Ashfield. One of them had Angela, who was the German goalkeeper, who had just got the Ballon d'Or. We're talking basically the, the females, Messig, was there on our doorstep. Yeah, uh, accessible. It's a lot more accessible. a lot more accessible. Sam, Sam Kerr, you know, and yeah. obviously the, the Glory did a good job of, of promoting that connection with the team, um, which they do so well at women's level. But the the accessibility of those women playing professionally, um, they really haven't got into that stratosphere that the you know the top class men have, where they're untouchable. Mm. These these are very real, tangible heroes, and I think for young girls, um, you know, to be shown that you not only can you become a footballer, you can become a successful footballer, you can make a living out of it. Mm. It's fantastic. Yeah, and I think all games around the world, the women's game. I mean, it's they're selling out stadiums in Europe. Yeah. You know, it's, it's happening. I think we're hosting the World Cup at a, at a great time in women's football. Oh, big time. Mm. Um, well, the well, Stadium Australia sold out this week yep. as well. That was, in, that was actually in the news this week. So yep. the opening game um, for the Matildas is sold out. 
which is huge. Yeah. There's talk now, and it's come, obviously a lot of people are saying, why was it the MCG used? And we all know why, right? Yeah. Right, let's not talk about it. Um, but they How about because it was a to- totally awful venue for watching soccer? That's what I prefer yeah. to say. Yeah, that's what I would yeah. prefer to say. Um, but people are now saying that they could have filled the MCG and had a record crowd in there as well for women's football. Mm. Not well, for, for any sport, let alone women's football. Yeah. Um, which would have been amazing too. So so where do you guys go for your football information? Obviously, we've got the, the State League page. We've got the Amateur League page, um, which I know you, you're on the the admin for the State League page. But there's also other pages going out there. I know the Far Post with Blaine Treadgold is another one yeah, we use quite Fry a bit. Yeah, with the Perth yep. Football Podcast. They yep. do some great work. Yeah, they do some really, really good work, actually. I, yeah. do, I, I tune into that quite often. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much, I think, with the with the um, other radio show. Yeah. The Blaine's the, on. The only reason is because I think it's just NPL-focused, and I'm not. I think there's enough of the NPL, so I like to I like to listen into more state league stuff. Mm, obviously, yeah. um, what about for for more? Um, you talk about just the local league or no everything? Now, wherever where do you go no, for I'm for your for your football information? I mean, look for me one of the things because obviously being of an older vintage, I, I on, on Twitter I look at nineties football because you know you, you get um, Zidane and all those people. People still use Twitter, do they? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a new Twitter out now, isn't there? Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. No, but you, where do you go? Well, my, my, I mainly stick to Facebook because I'm, you know, I, I'm a, I'm used to it. I'm comfortable with it. And then I, I'll probably do Sky Sports. I'm on that Joe UK as well for a bit of laughs. Yeah. Um, I mean, they mentioned uh, Mbappe getting sound by Liverpool for 200 million uh, yesterday. So, but yeah, I, I, I flick through. I, I like to tune into the local leagues. Um, with the Premier League, you know, I usually just stick close to the teams that I've got. And you know, like the Red Men yeah, sort of yeah. thing. Well, I've got a couple of apps on my phone, and I think you can because you you can then tag whatever teams you're interested in. Yeah. And I, don't, I mean, I'm not interested and in it, a lot of teams to be honest. Yeah, and who are yeah. the Arsenal boys yeah. that do the commentary? Uh, Arsenal TV. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that now. <laughs> if it's, you, it's good. if there's there's two actually I like to watch right. Now, I mean, I'm probably more a Liverpool fan than anything in the EPL. If I'm forced to pick a team, it's Liverpool, right? Yep. But I'm a South End United fan at heart, right? Mm-hmm. So there's that. But that Arsenal TV and the other one from Manchester United, there's yeah. one on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one. Okay, there's one on TikTok, which is a Manchester United fan. And if you're not a Manchester United fan, it is fantastic to watch. Yeah. There's a Tottenham one as well, the two yeah. guys. When they were <laughs> Liverpool were 3-0 up at half-time. Tottenham have come back. Richarlison scored in the last minute. Yes. And they are yep. celebrating. Yep. And by the time they finish <laughs> celebrating, the guy's just gone, oh, yeah, oh, you are. No, you couldn't yeah. believe it. You but know? the Arsenal TV <laughs> is the first one of those that came out. It is. And it was the fan. It's outside the, outside the Emirates yep. during fan talk and all that sort yep. of thing. Yep. And it is. <laughs> it is funny. And they're it's so flippant as well. Because yeah. one minute they're loving Arsenal, next minute they're hating yep. Arsenal. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's so good. It's so good. But you could not watch that if you were an Arsenal fan. No, you couldn't. It would be horrible to watch. <laughs> no, no way, blood. <laughs> That's right. That's what that is, isn't it? That's it. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's got some good quality stuff. But the TikTok one, which got me, and I think it was um, where it was quite funny. It was, so he's a Manchester United fan, and he's watching the FA Cup final against City earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. Gundu was going in the, in the And he's game. there and he's talking about, like, he's obviously given the preamble for the game and he's just going, no. Oh, well, oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, it's the same attitude yeah. Liverpool beat them 6-0. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's the same guy, same yeah, guy, yeah. same guy. So that's another. So TikTok's another genuine um, 
a genuine way to consume your football, Sean. It is, and they give that short snippets of all the good stuff. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I know, look, and I think I sent you a, a free kick. There's a, what, five or six-year-old yeah, bend, the... bending the ball around a wall. There's all little things like that that you pick up along the way. I just think it's it's interesting when you go through them to, to see what's going on. But there's, there's lots of good podcasts out there. Um, and I know um, the Far Post have got one now, and I think um, Alex Novatsis is actually involved as part of that now as well. He's on the Perth, F, the Perth podcast yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. I would also yeah. suggest to our listeners if, uh, if you've got one that you like and uh, maybe put it onto the page and post it up on our tag, page. Tag yeah. us in. I'd, I'd definitely like to have a look. Because there is an awful lot of football out there. And as I said, look, I, I like going back to the old stuff. I like watching, oh, going through the troll football. That's quite interesting. Um, a lot of good memes in there. But also go through the um, Stu's football flashbacks and they go back like 30 years. And, you know, I've sent you boys um, some pictures. I do I do enjoy watching those older football games, though, and particularly when you watch these. Roy, Roy Keane um, or Vinnie Jones. Well, Vinnie Jones when he's there with an axe, basically, in yeah. the chainsaw defending. But yeah. the pitches these guys used to play on. Oh, I know. As well. Yeah. I mean, we've seen. I've seen state league games get called off with pitches that looked half as probably probably twice as good as what, what the EPL were playing. Well, well, when, when I grew up watching TV, watching football games in black and white, and and you had George Best, who was um, basically in ankle deep in mud, with lay, laced up soc- soccer balls made out of leather without the protective casing, and he would literally just dance through some of the 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 biggest tacklers in British football back mm. then, you know, Ron Chopper Harris. And he would just go around them two or three times just for you fun. imagine what they could do with a ball these days? Oh, look, and Pelé, yeah. Pelé and Eusebio, what they could do back in the day, you know. Mm. The, the, it's just... And it's great to go back on... The, and that's the wonderful thing about the net is you can go back and find these. The other one I found, and this will interest you as a South End fan, was that the whole game... I've seen it. South End, yeah, versus, South End Liverpool. versus Liverpool... Yeah. Back in um, yeah, nineteen eighty, in the snow, mm. packed in yeah, the snow, with the swept lines. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, it, it makes. I think the good thing is it makes it so accessible, and I think you know, no matter what your persuasion is, there's something out there for you. Mm. Even watching the terraces and back in the yeah. day, you know, just and they, it looks like they're moving ten meters backwards and forwards. Yeah, because they were. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know, look, and it's great. And some of those old stadiums, you know, that have been condemned since, it's great to see them, um, you know, on on those pages. It brings back some wonderful memories. Mm. And to have access to that uh, now is, is awesome. Like, I wish I had that access to this information 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, it's just because it's, it's, it's rewarding to watch. Yeah, absolutely it is. So, um, in closing, anything else you've been watching on, on the internet? Uh, the only other thing was uh, the you know the MPL famous chips uh, saga. Who had the best chips? Yes, <laughs> that uh, that brought up a lot of comments, and uh, I, I don't think there's a club out there doing bad food. No, but, all but those it, comments, it, everyone it, was. But isn't that a good thing? It was positive. And guess what's driven that? A little bit of banter. It is, and that's where that's why it's good for us sometimes to what? have a good bit of sensible banter can be a good thing. Well, okay. and look, and I think going back to what Alex was saying about the you know getting organised and getting together. Um, I've often said this, that we, we should be enemies for the 90 minutes we play and then we, we all need to be working together for the good of the game. Absolutely right. Together. Yeah. And, and this is the stuff that's happening. That, that banter is actually us working together. It is. Uh, and yeah. it's, it's good face rivalry. Um, I'm friends with a number of people who are involved in other clubs within the first and second division that, you know, on match day we don't talk, but 
And oh, so no, no, there's some, people, there's some people that I've had this conversation yeah. with directly with them. I can't talk to them during the game. Yeah. And we actively avoid each other. Sean, you're, you're one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, you're biased. Yeah. You, you hate the referee every game. Yeah. Yeah. During. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. if you lose, it's the referee's fault. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, not always, but yeah. 90% of the time. Yeah. But you're right, right? And yeah. There's so many. And people who I count as my closest and best friend are people I genuinely have a lot of time for yeah. who I cannot speak to for 90 minutes yeah. because they're awful. They're awful people. <laughs> last week I knew there was a penalty involved in one of the games and I didn't know if it was a dodgy penalty or a good call, but just to wind you up, I said, yeah, apparently it was a dodgy penalty, and you went on for 10 minutes about it. <laughs> I didn't because I wasn't there, so... Well, that's more impressive. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a victim, I'm a victim of bad press. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need a better PAR, a PR agent. But no, it's good, and it is yeah. good, the, the banter on the canteens, genuinely, I think it's amazing because look, look at the outcome. Look, I want to go to Sorrento now. I want to try their chips and gravy. You can't for can't for a little while though. Oh, I have, have to hang out. I have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he must have been really enjoying those chips to take a photo and post it, and I'm glad he did. Good old footy scram. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> no, no. Look, and I think this is this is important about the game. We we need to be able to examine things. Um, I just think we need a little bit of decorum around how we do it and not take ourselves so seriously sometimes. And, oh yeah, and, and that's the biggest thing. And I yeah. think as a game, okay. And it's particularly at the level that we're talking about here, yeah. which is which is state league, MPL, amateur amateurs, right? Yeah, we need to stop taking ourselves seriously, and work together, be be at war for those ninety minutes, and yeah. then the rest of the time, let's just let's just enjoy, let's enjoy it and have a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. And a bit Do you of want to just quickly run through the um, second division fixtures yeah, today some, for the state league? There's some big games today because obviously Curtin uh, are on the way up with their. Three points in the bag due yeah. to a uh, squatty incident, I assume. Uh, no, nothing to do with squatty, no, actually. No, wasn't it? Well, that's I'm going to tell you what that was quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So any game that takes place, any level of football So we're talking tomorrow, from metros from, to from un, from, from under eights right the way through. Well, not that it matters at that level, mm-hmm. but right the way through to, to over 45. To some people it does I matter know it under does. <laughs> so if, a, if your opposition requests that you present your registration cards to prove the registration of your players, you must provide them by full time. Hasn't that always been the rule? Always. Yeah. Always the case. Yeah. And so they've been called on it. They how the story goes, right. Curtin requested. It was denied by Morley. Before yeah. the deadline, therefore three points. No, I, gone. I, I, I haven't points. heard of an appeal at this stage. I think the appeal could have taken place until yeah. yesterday. Mm. So that's big three points. It's a big, huge. It's a huge yeah, three. Kern have gone above Morley now, equal on points. The goal difference yeah. is, uh, yeah. is six. But for those of us who remember when Football West used to print out the little credit card size thing with your and picture you used to on have it, to shuffle them yeah. through. Yeah. Yep. Well, there's and always been a, a need for you to prove your registration. One hundred percent. Yeah. And yes. we can go into the reasons why Kenton did it. I'm not interested in that. Yeah. The, f- the fact remains, if, if, if your opposition requests that you prove your registration, you must do so before full time. That obligation wasn't met. It's a slam dunk three points. So spirit, which spirit club- of the game and argument? Nothing to do with it. <laughs> it's not a Bearstow incident, that's for sure. No, no. But, <laughs> but do you think a lot more clubs will be asking now, I'd say. Well, I would have thought so. We've, yeah. Guess what Guess what? we prepared to take to our game today? Just in case Just you lose. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be asking just no, you've got to ask before the game. But anyway, okay, let's, get on, let's get on to the fixtures. We, we go to the fixtures. Yeah. All right, so we've got Curtin versus Swan United. So we've got a second spot versus fourth. There's one point difference between it, so it's going to be a big game down there at Curtin. Uh, we've got Balga versus Morley Windmills today. So, yeah, that'll be a very interesting game. Mm. Um, 
I'd, I'd probably love to go down and watch the Balga versus Morley game, to be honest with you. Just yeah. for, uh, probably might, not for might football. Be a, might but... be a bit of spice in that one. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, know, I think that's between the spectators. Yeah. So that'd be quite interesting. We've got uh, Wanderoo and Quinns. Uh, Late game. Six Late o'clock game. kickoff at Quinns. That's all right. Yeah. Be, uh, be a good game to go down and watch that after some other games you've watched. Uh, Karamar versus Joondalup City. Uh, then we've got Callum, uh, the Mannington Kalamunda versus uh, Kingsley. I think that's a 3 p.m. game, not a night game this time. I think it is a 3 p.m. game. You're that's right. A, that's yeah. going to be a tough game for, uh, for both those teams. Obviously, Mannington coming off a loss last week. Um, want to get back in the winning circle. And then, obviously, we've got Canning down at Coker Park. At the Coker Park, Ashfield. 3 o'clock today. Mm-hmm. All right, lots of good football out there in the second division. Do yourself a favour, get out there and watch it. Okay, we're going to go to a break, and we'll be back after this. these messages with Hayley Roach, the Lost Lioness. Oh, don't relax, I want elbows and backs, I want to see everybody from behind. Oswest Fencing and Rotine is a fourth-generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258 6822. Station sponsor. These players, they want more. They want to step off that field and win. Just when Australia was crying out for a hero, they found one. Matildas now get to measure themselves against world's footballing elite. Till we outrun them. Keep it going, we're not done until it's done, all the way through. Till the pain pays off. Till we make you roar. Till we tell a bigger story. Till we settle the score. Till we stop them all. You can't beat the best. Till we do you proud. Do not like the rest. We're not done. Till it's done. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Yeah, the more I listen to that till it's done World Cup promo, the more I like it. It is exciting. It does it generate that excitement. Getting in the mood, John. I can see Getting it. in the mood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nice. look, it's only 12 days, 3 hours and 23 minutes till the first ball. Look who's counting. Yeah. You, how many games are you going to? Are you going to all of them? Oh, yeah, I'm going to go around the country, go every single no, one. No, I'm talking locally. <laughs> yeah. are you, are you going to All place? right, no, no, before you start bagging me out, we'll bring in <laughs> our guest, Hayley. Hayley Roach, good morning. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Um... How's the excitement going? As I said, we've only got 12 days, three hours and 22 minutes. Um, it's starting to build. I feel it. It is. Um, super exciting. Yeah, you're right. Twelve, Only 12 days to go. And, of course, uh, the teams are starting to arrive now. So I think that, um, you know, makes it a little bit more real for us all. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's coming. It's just around the corner now. I mean, the thing that surprises me, though, we've still got some uh, pre-World Cup friendlies uh, to be played, yes. which uh, to me seems very close to the to the start of the tournament. But you know, that's uh, that's down to each um, you know each nation how they want to prepare for the tournament. But uh, yeah, I was pleased to see that the lionesses arrived safely. What did, what did you make of the What did you make of the Fox coverage of that or the Sky Sports, Sports. coverage of it? 
Yeah, um, quite disappointing, uh, to be honest, that, you know, that wasn't something that was picked up on. Um, but I, I don't know. Um, I think that, that you're right, there's going to be some other crazy stuff that that is sides reported along this. Uh, we're probably looking at a lot of um, sometimes news news crews and journalists that have oh, come out of um, Australia that have not been here before um, are going to just... The, cr- the cringy stuff, stuff. The, the kangaroos, yeah. the koalas, and then, of I course, and, and I hope they don't do it. I don't want to see any one of those women holding an Aussie rule soccer ball. <laughs> 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 yeah, I just think it's, you know, it's, it's all cringeworthy stuff. The yeah. other thing I... I on, that, on that quickly, yeah. the FA have banned it. Good. They have banned that some time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, and the, the one thing that for the uh, lioness's arrival, yes, the the kangaroos it was cringeworthy, but um, the other thing I picked up on was that renter crowd there were holding Union yeah. Jacks when I they know. should be holding the Cross of St George. And there's someone yeah. sitting across the table from me who, back in '98, went to the trouble of putting red tape across his white falcon so that he could very proudly <laughs> show that this was the English team. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I think there, that was a massive error. I have no idea who was responsible for that. I'm uh, questions asked somewhere along the line. Just hope it's not a sign of things to come, if, if I'm being honest. And, um, you know, that uh, as we go throughout this, somebody will figure out that it isn't the English flag and uh, to make sure that um, they get it right going forward. I, so, think, yeah, I yeah, think it was yeah, well-meaning people, well-meaning people doing what they thought was the right thing, but this is not a United Kingdom team. This is no, the English team. This is the English team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very much so. So... Um, I think that the, the highlight on social media it went a bit crazy on it yesterday, so I think it will have reached the right people. I'm hoping it will, um, who will just be on it and make sure. Um, you know, I seem to think there, there's a flag gate issue at most tournaments. Yes. I remember I worked on the 2012 World Cup for uh, that was in sorry not World Cup the Olympics that was in London. And the first match that was played before the opening ceremony, because there were so many matches yeah. to get in before the, was South Korea and North Korea, and they raised the wrong flags at the wrong yeah. time. Flag, flag gate's happened. definitely a thing in major So tournaments. flag gate yeah. is a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. hopefully our flag gate was the fact that we've allowed the indigenous flags for both the, the um, Aboriginal people, yes. the, the Torres Strait Islanders, yes. and the Maori people. Um, that's a, a fantastic step in the right direction. It is, absolutely. So let's hope, yeah, you're right, the Flaggate story from uh, this tournament is in a positive way and that, the yeah, that we get to celebrate something really good on a flag, <laughs> with a flag story and not, um, and not the wrong flag being played at, uh, you know, or being raised at the national anthems or whatever. So hopefully, um, yeah. Now, as you say, that the teams are arriving. The US teams already um, arrived in Australia, and I was talking to um, one of the friends of the show, in Alex Navatsis, who is the liaison person for the US national team, um, and their preparations coming in, and, and they're going to be in their training camp in the Central Coast on Tuesday. Oh, that's um, that's uh, America in Auckland. Yeah, sorry, yeah, America in Auckland. Yeah, I keep on saying that, don't I? Um, yeah. And um, no, that's all right. I'm just so excited. Um, <laughs> The Brazilian team came in. I, I was quite interested to see there was a lot of fanfare around their arrival. Um, the aircraft had a lot of political notices on it around yeah. um, women's rights worldwide. I, I, 
brave move um, and very interesting to see Martin, which is probably going to be her very last World Cup, uh, one of the most decorated players in the women's game. Yeah, super excited, actually. I'm going to go and um, watch um, Marta play in the Brazil versus Panama match in Adelaide. Um, so I'm super excited to be able to go and see a legend within the women's game. So I'm excited for that. And actually, I was just trying to do a bit of work around some of the other teams that have arrived and some of the teams that... Um, you know, how, how do we get to see these teams or whatever? So China have arrived in Adelaide today, so I can uh, uh, I can see that. Yep. Um, and the, the great thing, um, I've worked on many of these tournaments, and the great thing is that host cities adopt these teams. Yes. Um, you know, so um, China are going to be based in Adelaide and uh, in Perth. I can see that it's Haiti and Denmark. Yes. Now, brilliant that you guys have got Denmark. They have got uh they've got some real superstars in that team and, and, and some uh, of the best bacon in the world <laughs> they do have the best bacon um love a good bacon sandwich <laughs> um absolutely so so yeah so i'm looking forward to seeing that you know these local um uh regions like really welcome and adopt these teams do you think they know do you think it's down to the fact that Australia is such a multicultural society that I know in, yeah. in um, Perth there is a very large Danish community, but there's also yeah. a smaller Haitian community. As the, when we played Bangladesh, um, we had a stand full of Bangladeshis. I think it's one of the wonderful things about the, the, the nature of multicultural Australia is that no matter who comes, we adopt them. Yeah, absolutely. And this is um, and this is going to be a great occasion for for those communities and those nationalities that do exist within the country of Australia. This kind of brings them out and you know makes them feel even more of a of a sense of pride to be able to mm. um, you know cheer and support their you know maybe um, culturally their their heritage or their nation um, within the country that they you know maybe that they're living in. So. Uh, it is. It's uh, it's amazing. I love football for that because yeah. it brings out the it brings out the best of um, you know that passion. Now, uh, I know. And I think that that's super exciting. FIFA have tried to rule out all the political and um, contentious issues, and I know like Sam was hoping to be able to wear a rainbow captain's armband. Yeah. Um, but do you think there'd be any backlash against the Brazilians for the the aircraft and the messages they had on there, considering they are all promotional women's rights? Um, that's a really good question. I don't know what the consequences of that will be. I mean, um, they, yeah, they're, they're trying to make a stand. You're right. FIFA have tried to say you're not wearing this armband and you, you can't, you know, support mm. this campaign. So, well, they've, well, worse, yeah. worse than that, they've prescribed the campaigns yes. prior, which I'm really not supportive of at all. Um, and so much so, I haven't even looked at what the campaigns are. Mm. And, that, and that's not a good thing either. But um, I think. Yeah, look, pres when we're prescribing um, what what these campaigns are, I, I think we're in very dangerous territory. Yeah, sorry, it's a really bad line. I missed some of what you just said there, um, so I do apologise. Oh, no, he's just saying about the um, prescribing of, of the... Um, political causes that can and can't be mentioned, and it's about, again, oh. very very 1984 of them. Yeah, yeah, I agree, totally agreed, totally agreed. Um, this is where I think, uh, yeah, the governing body um, that is FIFA trying to uh, be bigger 
um, and you know show their voice and this is what you can and can't do in with our, the rules of you know our game. Um, I think you're right. It's very de- very dangerous territory. So, what other significant teams have we got arriving in the next few days? Obviously, I don't know if the French have arrived yet, um, and they're promising big things. Um, yeah, you know what? It's really hard to actually find out who is arriving um, when and where, uh, which is a real shame because I think the, t- the arrival of a team into a country, uh, it seems like we only find out once they've arrived, which I, I think misses the point of giving uh, an opportunity for the fans and for uh, the players to get that welcome uh, into a country for, for a big tournament. So I've really struggled, if I'm being honest, to be able to find out who is coming where. But from what I can see, uh, in Perth, was it Perth? Not Perth. Uh, Vietnam arrived. Sorry, yeah. I think they're actually uh, they're in Auckland, aren't they? Yeah. So they've, uh, they've already arrived. Um, I mean, the big ones, obviously, in... Denmark and Haiti are going to be based in Perth. Um, it would be great just to keep a check on on the local media to find out uh, when and where they arrive because I'm, I'm imagining the, the locals in Perth will really adopt these two teams, especially because they're going to be based there and, uh, and, and hopefully get to find out when these teams are arriving and give them a really great welcome to the city. But uh, no, it's really tough, if I'm being honest, to find out who's arriving when... Um, ahead of the fact and maybe that's down to security um you know around yeah it's it's interesting though because i I mentioned that to alex earlier about the security um around the sides i mean there's the the locations of the team base camps has been well known um right down to where the accommodation of the the players are so what hotels they're using well that's actually listed you can find that oh exactly Uh, yeah Yeah, the Republic of Ireland. Very easy. Yeah, they're they're in Brisbane, the Emporium Hotel in South Bank. Um, yeah, it's it's out there. But I think you know it does from a a security perspective raise some things for me. And I imagine that these the fans would be able to just tell you where they were anyway. But in this day and age, we've we've always got to have an eye on the security side of it. And the last yep. thing we need is this to be marred by a security type incident. So yes, of you course. know, I think there's. Obviously, there's training days that are going to be advertised, and I imagine if you're in one of the host cities, you need to be looking out at the social media for, for it coming up. Yeah. Um, yep. I've noticed that in Perth, we're now starting to see some adverts on the TV. We're hearing adverts on the radio. It is starting to, to build up. We had the Cup in yeah, Forest yesterday. Chase yeah. yesterday, and I think it's in Bustleton today. Um, so the, the trophy is heading its way around the country. So it really is um, becoming real as to, you know, the, the tournament is starting and we, we feel that the, you know, it, it's actually happening. So I think that's good. Yes, great. And I really encourage everybody to get down and see the trophy. I went to see it. In, it was in Adelaide last weekend. So I got to go and see it and have my picture taken with it. And uh, along with the trophy came two players uh, from the World Cup's winning side from Japan from 2011. So that was also great to actually get to, you know, see two real um, winners of the of the trophy. And the rules that come with the trophy are also quite interesting. So the rules are that nobody else can raise the trophy aloft unless you are a winner of the of the actual trophy. So a guy with gloves very carefully takes the trophy out of its 
cabinet and he handed it to the two Japanese players yeah. who then were able to raise the trophy. I think that's, um, that's an amazing on, tradition. That is brilliant. It is. Yeah. And on the base of the trophy is the is engraved the winners. And these two Japanese players didn't even know that the, the that their country was engraved onto the base of this trophy after all this time. So uh, it, it's really interesting to go and see. I, I'm the same. I love that history. I love that some of the traditions that stay with with these iconic um, you know, pieces of silverware. So absolutely encourage everybody. It, it, this will be a once-in-a-lifetime um, opportunity to go and see this trophy. And then, of course, on the 20th of August, this trophy is the one that's presented to the winning team there's no replicas that go around the you know that do the trophy tour mm-hmm. it is the real trophy so um yeah so you really get to see see the trophy for real so uh, definitely think, encourage everybody to go out and see it well whilst it was in forest chase yesterday on friday which was a work day made it difficult for people to get there it still was here but i think also you're looking at it very important Bustleton is a, a regional center and it's great to that it's going out to the regions so that people who are not in the, the, the central metropolitan area are the only ones to see it. It does go out, um, albeit limited, but, you know, it is being seen in, in the country towns. It is going It is going out there. Yeah, no, agreed. That it's, um, uh, yeah, they're trying to make the trophy as accessible to everybody and also, uh, you know, it's a marketing tool. It raises the uh, anticipation and excitement of the tournament that's coming. So... Yeah. Um, it's a real. I, I really like it, and of course, this has been building up. Goes all the way around the country before it goes to Sydney um, for for the uh, for the opening match. So, and what's the yeah. media um, build up in the eastern states like at the moment? Because I, I know it can keep a track of where you are, but you're you're certainly <laughs> travelling up and down that east coast a fair bit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm still in Adelaide, and I'll, I'll be here for the duration of the tournament. But I am—I've um, got tickets to go uh, and see some stuff in Brisbane. I've got some tickets to go and see uh, some matches in Sydney. Um, I've also bought tickets for the final because, regardless who is in that final, I figured it's the final of a Women's World Cup. So it will be the two best teams in the world. I think you've already and, said uh, it once in a once in a lifetime opportunity to see a World Cup final in your own country. Um, you yeah. have to, yes. Yeah, without without question. Um, and as it gets closer, uh, and the, the tickets, people will be scrambling for tickets. So you've got to get if you've got half an um, you know half an ounce of wanting to go to these games, get your tickets now. Don't be disappointed because once you know that this tournament is in your host city, in your city, um, because some of these people it will they will only come to the party you know a couple of days before and think oh, what a great idea. And um, let's hope that a lot of these stadiums will be packed to capacity and we give these women's teams the best welcome possible. Yes, absolutely. And look, it, it is building up over here in the States. We talk, uh, In Western Australia, we're talking to Ben uh, Smith, who's a, a journalist with the newspaper. He's got um, articles coming out around um, women's football um, and there's a thing here, we go to the West Australian newspaper, you can still register for the Game Changers event at the State Library on July 13th, um, and that's something yep. Penny's been very much involved in, about the trailblazing yes. women that have been in, involved in this game over the last few years. So, um, yeah, we're, we're building up the excitement over here. 
Yeah, and um, and again, if I could just encourage everybody to go down to that um, exhibition that Penny's been working on as part of the Women's Euros that was in the UK last yeah. summer. They uh, they also did something similar. So every host city held an exhibition that celebrated, um, I guess, the pioneers or the the trailblazers and the, the female champions of football within each of those host cities. And it's super educational. It's super you know exciting to know that yeah. football has been a part of our communities, not just you know for the last couple of years. That absolutely. We have yeah, we, we know there are women out there who have been playing football for a very long time. This is nothing new. And it's really great to go and learn about that um, within each uh, each of the host cities. So, um, yeah, another thing, just something different to, um, to go and see related to the Women's World Cup. Okay, Hayley, we've got 12 days, three hours and five minutes till the, <laughs> till the game. Um, I know you're going to live every single one of those before the first ball's kicked. Thank you for being on the show, and I'm sure we'll, we'll keep in touch over the next few weeks um, about the progress and your take on the games. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, and um, yeah, look forward to, to sharing my experiences as well of this Women's World Cup. Thank Always you very much. Always a pleasure, Haley. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. See ya. Okay, um, Ben, we've got some ladies' fixtures for MPLWA... Yes, the fixtures for this weekend are Perth Red Star versus the NTC, Fremantle hosting Mum, uh, Balcata hosting Curtin, and Subiaco hosting Perth Sog Club. Okay, and now tomorrow there's some very important games in the social league that you're involved in. Yeah, we're going to talk uh, Metro Division 5. Yeah. Uh, Sterling, uh, Macedonia are sitting top of the ladder, uh, and Swan United are uh, a third place, so a bit of a... Uh, a big game there for the boys. I mean, uh, Tottenham have got uh, Ange Postacoglu and Swan have got Albie. So I think, we, uh, I think we're in for a good chance. So if uh, you're looking for something to do tomorrow at 12 o'clock, come down and, and watch me have and a run. Apart, and apart from yourself, who else is there to look out for in the Swan socials? Um, Dave Foster. Yeah. So ex-Premier uh, League MPL uh, Golden Boot. Yeah. Um, you can also see Lenny Dundo uh, walking around watching the game as well, who played for Olympic Kingsway, who earned the golden boot. Absolutely. Uh, a, a champion, wherever, champion wherever, legend of the game. On, wherever a Swan team is, Lenny Dundo is not far behind. No, yeah. Yeah. Or behind the goal normally. Well, yeah. Last yeah. week I tried to get his boots on him, you know, because <laughs> we only had 13 players, so... All right, Ben, thank you very much for your input today um, and heading up that, from, pick it out of the back of the net. No, uh, pick it out of the net segment. Phil, thanks for dropping in. No problem. Unexpected. Slight, a little bit unexpected. Slight correction as well. Yeah. I am currently not the State League Chair. Oh, okay. Uh, so, well, I'm on the standing committee, but yeah. a new committee will be convened in the coming weeks. Oh, changes. And, and a new and a new chair well a chair will be elected yeah. um, from the new from the new members. So um certainly we well we don't know. We won't assume anything at this no. stage point in time. I just wanted to correct you on that just That's to just good. so it's clear. Thank you. All right, thank you out there for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Um, I'll be back next week with another show and Lenny will be in with the jazz show after this um, outro. So thank you for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.